Well, it's my joy to open the word this morning. And um, last week we started our journey um, with the book of Luke under the banner of making, um, making life the mission. Um, Russ, do you mind putting the, the, the um, banner up? Is that okay? Great. This morning what I want to do is I want to continue with chapter 1 in Luke. And we're going to look at the virgin birth. So let me just give you a little bit of a recap of what we know about Luke. Firstly, we know that Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and also the book of Acts. We know that he was a Gentile Christian, um, which means he wasn't brought up as a, in, a, in a Jewish community. He was out of that and became a Christian through, um, through hearing the word of God and seeing Jesus and his outcome and the works that Jesus had done. And he was also a tra- travelling companion of Paul. The Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts were, were written to help, were written for philosophers. Forgive me if I haven't pronounced that right. But that basically means one who loves God. So simply, if you love God this morning, those books were written for you as much as they were for the, the readers back then. Does that make sense? Great. Luke wanted us all to understand something of the truth of what Christianity was and the, and the Christian teachings that he had heard and experienced and that had become the foundation of his faith. In order to help us understand and grasp the significance of who Jesus Christ was um, and all that he had accomplished, Luke takes us right back to the beginning of Jesus' life. At the, book, at the book of Luke. So please turn with me to Luke 1, verse 26 and verse 38. I'll just give you a couple of seconds to do that. It reads like this. I'm reading from the ESV. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and he came to her and said greetings O favoured one the Lord is with you but she was greatly troubled and at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be and the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary for you have found favour with God And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall give, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with with her who was called barren. For nothing is impossible for God. And Mary said, Behold, 
I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to, to, the, to your word. And the angel departed from her. It's interesting to note this, that Luke places both the story of Jesus' announcement and the story of John's announce, birth of John's announcement close together. And we ask ourselves, why does, why does Luke do that? Well, first of all, he wants us to understand how their destinies came together in the plan of God. Okay? But second of all, he wanted to show the differences that was between the two. Because some might have tried to place John as the Messiah. And later, when we read about John the Baptist, we find out that some do actually ask that question. Is he the Messiah? But John puts them, puts them straight. Understanding that Luke here is wanting us, the reader, to grasp the significance of who Jesus Christ was and what he had accomplished, we must also ask the question, why is the virgin birth important to our faith? It's very easy for us to say, I believe in the virgin birth, but why? So let's dig into the scripture a little bit. Mary is visited by Gabriel, who tells her that she's going to give birth to a son, and that she was to call him Jesus. Jesus means the Lord saves. The first thing that Gabriel tells us in the, in the, Luke, in the scripture in Luke about Jesus is this, that he will be great. The next thing is that he will be called the Son of the Most High. Simply, he will be called the Son of God. He will be great and will be called the Son of God. What the virgin birth does is, is, is that it forces us to confront what we believe about Jesus Christ. Because in order for Jesus Christ to be our saviour, firstly he has to be fully human. He has to be a man. Second of all, he must also be fully God. And thirdly, he must be completely sinless. And what the virgin birth guarantees completely is this, that all those conditions are met. Therefore, there is a direct, direct connection between, sorry, there is a direct connection between the, 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 um, the manger and the cross. That's where my, <laughs> I'll get my words out. Let me just expand that a little bit more. We read later in Philippians, Paul writes these words. He says, Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, through, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him um, and bestowed on him the name which is above all other names, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Let me just explain that scripture a little bit. What Paul is not doing in this, in this scripture is talking about Jesus' bodily form. 
Okay? He's referring to the fact that Jesus has the exact nature and characteristics of God. He's equal to God. Okay? You with me? Great. Jesus has always been there with the Father, even before he was born at Bethlehem. What Jesus does, and what Paul wants us to understand, is that Jesus did not cling on to the privileges that were always his. Instead, the scripture says he emptied himself and took the form of a servant. What Jesus does is he leaves the glory of heaven for us, for you and me. Pretty amazing. He puts aside his God godliness, okay, and he took the form of a servant. Okay? He was born in the likeness of a man. In order for Christ to be the ultimate sacrifice, he had to be completely human. Okay? Why? Because Jesus had to come to the Father in exactly the same way that we would have to come to the Father. He had to be that same, he had to be a perfect sacrifice. He had to be human. The difference between us and Jesus, though, is that he was sinless. Okay? The scripture says that he humbled himself. Basically, what that means is that God, God put us, I mean, Jesus put aside his godly attributes in obedience to his Father's will and was willing to suffer the most shameful death of all. And by humbling himself on the cross out of love for you and me, he demonstrates that he shared that divine nature of God. And Christ then restores him to the highest place, the scripture says. The glorious status that he, that he had at the very beginning, but gave up to become human. Because if Jesus was not who he said he was, then his death was the most tragic mistake in history. But thankfully, his birth shows us that he is, and it establishes his true identity as the Son of God. Okay? The promised Messiah and our Saviour. So the virgin birth therefore has to be the centre of our faith. It has to be the, the rock of our faith. We have to believe in the virgin birth because it's the, it's the foundation. Jesus is the foundation. We, we spoke earlier about the rock. Jesus is our rock. And we have to understand that actually the virgin birth is part of who Jesus is. Yeah? Great. You see, God is not limited. He can do and does do extraordinary things. Okay? God is not restricted by the natural because God is supernatural when we read the verses in Luke okay in Luke 1 we must see the miraculous in the plan of God what we have to see is this that God is God's creative work through the Holy Spirit does that make sense? yeah Jesus comes into this world as a result of of the creative and miraculous power of our God. 
He gives his birth had to be greater than that of John's. And this requires us to understand his birth as a virgin birth. Verse 35 of Luke 1 says this. It says, And the angel answered Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. You see, what we know of John the Baptist is this, that in his mother's womb, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. But here's the difference. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. This was not a normal conception. It was unique. It had never been, it never before occurred and it will never again take place. We must see the miraculous power of God in this plan. This was God's plan. God's plan was to send a saviour for you and me. And his miraculous power intervened into that situation. You see, God chose Mary for a reason. She didn't doubt God's power to make this incredible, incredible thing happen. She was completely willing to be used by God. What we must understand though is this. Imagine Mary. She's betrothed to Joseph. They're not married. But she's just about to have Jesus be conceived in her. What will people think? She's got pregnant out of wedlock. How will people see this? There must have been loads of worry going through her mind. People might have called her a liar or even crazy. But what's interesting to note is this, that Mary trusted in God and she also trusted that God would take care of her, that he would, that he would um, take her on this journey and be with her on this journey. And she followed him. She followed God. And we must, we as the church also and followers of Jesus must come to that point where where we trust God and are willing to follow him completely even when our circumstances look difficult like Mary we must tr- to not doubt God's power we often look back on the story of Mary and think that she was just expecting this radical trans- transformation just to happen that she was sat at home and it, she, she had that expectation. Um, that she was just sitting around waiting for God to save mankind. But that's not true. God chose her. And God chooses you this morning. Let me read these, these verses in Matthew. Really well known. You know it, and I know it well. But it says this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age.
See, when I read that scripture, I remind myself that God wants to use me, me, to do something extraordinary in this world. And it's the same for you. God wants to use you to do something extraordinary in this world. Those words are not my words. They were spoken to the disciples. And each one of us in this room are a disciple of Jesus, which makes those words our words, our mission. And this morning, we have to hear those as God's word to us. This is God's purpose, God's plan for you and me. Does that make sense? Good. Don't doubt God. Be willing to let him work in your life. God's plan is perfect in your life. So often we come to a place where we doubt God's plan in our life and we walk away from it. I've heard those words in Matthew so many times and I can put them aside and leave them alone and not do anything about it. But actually, if I truly want to follow God and follow his purpose and his will, then I have to pick those words up and live them in my life. Does that make sense? Be willing to allow his miraculous power and plan to outwork in your life. Okay? God came and miraculously stepped into Mary's life that day. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. God can do exactly the same to you. Okay? You're not going to give birth to Jesus, so don't hear me wrong. But what God can do is he can step into your life and miraculously come into your life. And he does daily. He does daily. You have to just be willing to allow him to do that. Does that make sense? Great. As we read the scriptures, um, we notice in Luke, okay, that Gabriel visits Zachariah and also Mary. But we also see that Gabriel has also previously visited Daniel in the Old Testament, okay? But what's interesting to note is this, that when Gabriel visited people, when God sent Gabriel, God sent Gabriel with an important message. And that's what we've got to notice here. Okay, God sends Gabriel with an important message for Mary. You see, when God has something important to say to you and I, okay, or to anybody, it doesn't matter where we are or what we're doing. God will speak to us. God will speak to us. In the verses in Luke, we see God's divine intervention in Mary's life. Okay? God divinely intervenes in Mary's life. He wants to do the same in your life. The question is, however, okay, how sh- what should our, be, our response be? When God comes and divinely intervenes in our life, what should our response be? Okay? I would like to suggest this. That it should change our lives. Let, let me say this, okay? God can speak to you in any situation, 
okay? We often ask that question, how does God speak to me? And if you wanted me to give you a list, I can roll off that, you know, God speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to you through the Bible, his word. He speaks to you through other people, okay? But ultimately, like Mary, God can speak to you in any situation, at any time. Yeah? What we need to understand, though, is what our response should be. The scripture tells us this about Mary. When Gabriel comes and brings that message, that important message of God to Mary, the scripture tells us this. That Mary was greatly troubled. Greatly troubled. I think that's polite. Imagine if the angel of the Lord, the messenger of God, comes into your house. Oh, I'm greatly troubled. Listen, Mary would have been terrified. She would would have been absolutely terrified. You know, she would have been filled with fear, confusion. Because Gabriel greets her with highly favoured one. Greetings, highly favoured one. She didn't understand that. She didn't understand that she could be favoured by God. And some of you guys this morning need to understand that you are favoured by God. You are favoured by God. Although Mary was naturally filled with that fear, she was ready to hear God's voice. Okay? So, even though the great messenger of God comes through the door, well, into the room, sorry, we don't know how Gabriel entered properly, (laughs) but Gabriel's in the room, even though she had that fear, even though she had a little bit of confusion, she didn't ignore the messenger of God. She didn't walk away from the messenger of God. She was ready to hear the word of God. Does that make sense? I've often found this, okay, that when I'm prepared to hear God, that God will speak to me. We often, we often go, I can't hear God I'm not listening to him. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not hearing him. Well, sometimes, actually, we need to stop, think, and are we willing to hear God? Or are we allowing other things to get in our way? Not only was Mary prepared to hear God's word, she was ready to respond to God's word. The scripture says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to to your word you see Mary hears God's word okay then her response is this use me Lord use me I am your servant I think back to when I asked Jesus into my life okay and I remember this that when I asked Jesus into my life it changed the course of my life and hopefully it did the same for you because that's what he should have done because this is what happened God divinely intervened in my life when I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Saviour God came into my life what I had planned for my life changed because 
my heart was for God's heart. Does that make sense? My purpose changed. I wanted to serve his will, his purpose. And like Mary, when God divinely intervenes and enters into your lives, it should change the course of your life. What's important, though, is our response. What's your response this morning? Is your response to say sat at home? Or is your response to say, use me, Lord. I am your servant. Because if we truly understand what those words mean, okay, then our life changes. Because when we become his servant, when we want to serve his will and his purpose, our mindset should change. Our mindset should become about his, his mission, his purpose. Let me just wrap up by saying this. You know, we started off by talking about why the virgin birth is important to us. Okay? But what the virgin birth does is it confronts us to ask those important questions about what we believe in Jesus Christ. Okay? And we must understand that in order for Jesus to be our saviour, he had to be fully human he had to be fully God and he also must be completely sinless. But what his birth does is it establishes his true identity as the Son of God. Okay? It, it, it echoes and the, the promise of him being the Messiah and our Saviour. The virgin birth therefore has to be foundation for our faith yeah secondly we have to allow the miraculous in the plan of God because God will step in whenever he wants to but what we have to be doing is following his will and purpose yeah you see Mary trusted God and that God would take care of, of her. So she followed him. We must also come to that place where we will trust God and be willing to follow him completely. Even when circumstances look difficult. Let me say that again. Even when circumstances look difficult, we must be willing to still follow God. You see, like Mary, we, we don't need to doubt God's power. God is God. If God wants to do something, he will do it. God is God. And God will step in. God wants to use you and I to do something extraordinary in this world. And it's about being willing to allow his miraculous power and plan to outwork in your life, in my life. You see, my last point is this, that when God <clears throat> divinely intervenes and comes into our life, our purpose changes because it becomes not about serving him. It becomes about, sorry, it, 
it's not about serving our purpose. It becomes about serving his purpose. Yeah, his will. What's important is our response though. Because I want to be a servant that says, use me, Lord. Use me. I will go where you will go. And once we realize this, once that becomes revelation for us, okay, the mission becomes not about our desires, but about his purpose and his will. So my encouragement to you this morning from the virgin birth is to make life the mission. Keep his will, his purpose, center of your life. Thank you.